Hi, I'm Jordan Gill, and my business love language is efficiency. Because who doesn't want to sip pina coladas on the beach while your business runs on autopilot? If your business depends on you, you don't own one. You have a job. We're here to fix that. Now, with over 150 episodes, this is the System Save Me podcast. Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome to season number seven of System Saved Me. And I'm really excited about this season because I'm getting to share with you some of the dopest people in the operation space. This is not an exaggeration. And I'm not only getting to share what they have contributed to the System Save Me shop, which if you haven't checked out, come and see us, just systemsaveme.com. You'll be able to check us out. But you'll also get to hear about them and their mission and how they got started in operations. And they all have such unique stories. I'm so, so stoked for you guys to, to check them out. So each week, you'll be meeting a new member of my op squad and the amazingness that they have. Both there will be tips and tricks, but also what workflows you should check out in the actual shop that they have created. So without further ado, let's see who my next guest is. Hey y'all, I'm so excited to bring this lovely shiny human to your lives. We're going to have a lot of fun on this episode (laughs) and I know that you all will too just listening to us and if you are so lucky to have us embrace your lives in person together, which one day hopefully will happen, embrace (laughs) it. But anyway, Katya, how are you doing today? I am very good. It is a beautiful day out and I'm just lucky to be here and to share this moment with you on the podcast. I'm getting spiritual already. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) We're moved. We're moved by each other. So tell us a little bit about you and your business. So my name is Katia Sarmiento or Kat, if you have a really hard time pronouncing my name. I run reachandmakemillions.com and currently we're helping six-figure entrepreneurs scale up to seven figures, but we prioritize freedom. We don't believe in hustle. We don't believe in sacrifice. That's really important to us. And my program is the seven figure freedom accelerator quote freedom specifically. A lot of people miss this. So it's like so important, like red light neon sign to freedom, please. Cause I would rather help people get to seven figures in a slower pace as long as they're feeling good about their business and they're getting the freedom and enjoying their lives and taking care of themselves versus getting quick short-term wins, getting to seven figures really quick, but then burning out and having to sacrifice like their social life or their health or just a lot of things to get there. Yeah. So that's my rant. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. I'll cut it off before I keep going because I could say a lot about this. We probably could go on a lot of rants during this entire episode, so we'll just have to rein in. But the first area that I want to kind of venture with you is how you got into this whole ops space. So were you just always the kid with spreadsheets and like cleaners? Were you like, how did this happen? Actually, funny story. I say this a lot because it's so good. When I was a teenager, I was really, I was that tech nerd, like my favorite things growing up as a kid were like cash registers and lemonade tycoon games and any tycoon game versus Barbies and stuff. And when I was a teenager, I was playing World of Warcraft, which the classic version is coming out in 90 days and I'm so excited. But anyways, I would, I had a schedule. I would wake up, I would work. And what work meant to me was learning how to code, learning how to use Photoshop, like back in the day with front page. Okay. There was no WordPress. There was no Squarespace or Wix. It was front page. It was really hard. You had to learn how to custom code pages. 
And then I would play World of Warcraft for a little bit. And then I would like switch back and forth between playing video games and like working. And my mom just thought I was like wasting time. And like she would turn off the Wi-Fi to get me to go to sleep. And like I remember just screaming matches with her. I'm like, you're ruining my future career. This is what I'm going to do for work. And she's just like, shut up and go to sleep. Like, I don't care. And then lo and behold, I'm an entrepreneur and I spend all my time on the computer and I still play World of Warcraft. I I just started back up again or Sims or Stardew Valley and like random. So my mom's just, I'm like, I told you, mom. I so told you when I was 13 and I thought I hated you, but I really didn't. And I think you hated me too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay now. <laughs> yeah, it is. Now I have really fast fiber Wi-Fi, and I'm happy. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't shut off at night. It which is also awesome. I got smart oh and I started gosh. waking up at like five or six in the morning and she'd see me downstairs, but she, she was pissed, but she couldn't get mad at me for waking up early. Cause that's all she wanted. Hmm. So, so everyone's winning. Yeah. Well, no, she found creative ways to get me off that computer. So, but it's funny. I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always been a tech nerd. And so when I got into this online world, I got into it actually through Hay House. Like oh, wow. I signed up for a summit for a Hay House summit. Cause I loved the psychology spirituality section of Barnes and Nobles. And I signed up for a summit because, whoa, summits. I've never seen something like this before. I was like 17. (laughs) And then, oh my God, Kendall Summerhawk. I really like what she's talking about, this money business stuff. Oh my God, Alexis Neely. Oh my God, Stacey Morgenstern and Carrie Peters. I signed up for all these email lists. I got the product launch emails. I signed up for a like $10,000 program. (laughs) I got up on stage and talked about my money issues. Like I did the whole thing. I did the whole thing. And I was really connected to the spirituality, health coaches, holistic coaches space, and they all needed tech support. So I started off with tech support. Honestly, before that, I was doing freelance web design locally in Miami, but I was young. It was cash. It was not like a legal entity. So I was just, right. I didn't know what I didn't know. So I hired a lawyer and helped me set that, those pieces up together and got a worker's permit at 15 too. Didn't know about that one until that time. Good and time. So freelance web designer, tech support online. I was like the authentic technology coach. It was the worst branding ever. And then Reach McMillions was born because I started consulting for a lot of like bigger companies once I started getting my name out there. And like the seven and eight figure companies were like, hey, can you help me with systems? Can you help me with ops? Can you help me with the team? I like what you're doing with these other companies. Oh, that was rough. Because when you come into an established company like that, that has already made seven or eight figures and they're trying to scale to eight or nine or 10, there's a lot of longstanding bad habits that they've set in stone. And I'm fighting against those the whole time. And so a couple of years ago now, I've pivoted. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to be preventative. So I would rather prevent cancer than have to cure cancer. And so like, that's my mindset for it. It's like, if I can reach the six figure entrepreneurs that just made more money than they've ever made before, maybe they're consistently making money, but now they can't get more clients and especially digital marketing agencies. They feel yeah. like they're the hardest to scale in their opinion and how they feel. I feel like it's really easy for me, but probably because I've done it so often, yeah. but when they get to that point where they have so many clients and they're like only one person or maybe one or two assistants and team members, it's like, 
crazy making for them. And I know I can scale them to seven figures easily, but I want to set them up with the right foundation, with the right systems, the right processes and prevent those mistakes and those bad habits from forming. And so a lot of my clients, after they join me, they're like, you brainwashed us. They all start off. It's like, I hate systems. I'm never going to like systems. And then like after a while, because people stay with me for a long time, they're like, you brainwashed me. I love systems now. I'm like, because they give you freedom because crazy, visionary, multi-passionate, like entrepreneur, visionary person that you are. And that's what systems do. And so I just love seeing that. I love seeing that. And also like, I love being able to create those good habits and good culture and good business building habits because I've seen some really bad stuff behind the scenes and it's really heartbreaking for me. So I just, I'm glad that I get to contribute to that in the future companies. Yeah. I love that. That's so perfect. And I think again, yeah, it's, when you do get to that point of like tipping the seven figures and you haven't met like dealt with systems and started to dive into it, it is a mountain. Like it is. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, how did this happen with systems? Like it doesn't equate. I know that I ask myself that all the time. I'm like, how did you do this? How? without ending up in the hospital or pissing so many people off. I don't understand this. (laughs) Yeah, it is a mystery. And so um, I want to transition that because you talked about the agencies that you've helped specifically with the workflow we're going to talk about. Kat has a bunch of workflows in the shop, but today we're just going to specifically talk about client onboarding for agencies. And like what where did you see like a lot of the holes and gaps of the onboarding process that you made sure was important and set up correctly in the workflow? Yeah. Well, this is actually something that I've experienced myself, but I also, when I start working with clients, I mystery shop them from the front because it's just so surprising that there's very minimal or no system set up for front end stuff like onboarding your first client or just speaking to somebody and setting clear expectations and clear boundaries. And when you don't do that, that's how agencies end up with out of scope work being done. And that Mm. essentially equates to being underpaid because they're doing all this other work that they didn't really get paid for. And then this is how clients get pissed off because they're expecting one thing, but something else is happening. And that something else is actually what's supposed to be happening. And it's a good thing, but clients are still pissed. And like, especially with Facebook ads and Facebook is just a mess all the time in that with ads. So it's just, it gets pretty bad. And so with having a clear client onboarding process and like with my experience, I've hired an agency and then it's like dead silent. And I'm like, well, what's going on? What do I do? Do you want me to do something? Do you want me to give you something? Am I supposed to be waiting for something? I'm not sure what's going on. Um, And so this can honestly be easily remedied. And like, I gave like email templates of like so many different scenarios and different things that like the client would like to hear like, okay, well, so what should I expect? What are the boundaries? When can I contact you? Who am I working with? If you have an agency, you have a team. So like, who's going to be working on my accounts? What do I need to share with you? What do you need to know? What should I be doing? Is there any homework that I should have? Are we going to have any calls? Like there's a lot that goes into running an agency and having good clients. If not, you could have PETA clients, pain in the ass clients. And that is, if you do have a PETA client, you got to look at yourself first, see if you communicate it well and set up the relationship container well before you go pointing fingers. Yep. So been there, done that too. I've been a mess. 
this, there's no judgment, no shame, just get it fixed quickly. Because especially when you start to onboard more clients, it's just really nice to have a process that's automated. And you don't really like when I onboard a client, I don't have to think about it. It just happens. My team knows what to do. Contracts get signed, invoices get paid. Everything happens back when I had an agency, same thing. And with my clients, same thing. We want to know that the contract is signed and that you're protected first before doing any work. You want to know that you have all the information that you need to do your job well. Yeah. Instead of going back and forth through email a million times, you want to make sure you're getting paid automatically. Oh my God, what a big issue. <laughs> right. Like none of this invoice nonsense. I know it's bad. It gets really bad. So it just clears up the step-by-step process. And it's like, just very like A, B, C, D, E. It's very simple, very clear. And then yeah. you can just chill out and do what you do best, which is probably the strategy and the creative work. So you can review the forms and see like, oh, okay, this is what I need to do. Preparing for the client call versus, oh, did they pay the invoice? Did they sign the contract? Did they get this email? I need to answer this thing. I need to answer that. Right. And it just gets people, especially creatives get very bogged down with the yeah. details. And then that takes away from your strategic work with your clients. Yep. I 100% agree. Like, none of us got into business to be our own glorified secretary. No. (laughs) Let's end that and make it so that, again, you do spend the majority of your time in your craft or in your creative work or or whatever. Because I think, again, like, as much as we all love systems and all the things, like, we also have to do whatever our crafts are. And so I think that most people want to overlook the systems because they feel like, once they start the systems, they're going to have to like, I don't know, be entangled in them all the time. And the mm-hmm. thing is, it's like, once you set them up, then it's the, just like tweaking and all of that yes. stuff. It's not, you know, you do one big overhaul and then it's okay after that. So it's a lot more manageable. So I think yeah. that especially with client onboarding, like, I don't know, do you tweak your client onboarding? I know I haven't tweaked my client onboarding <laughs> over like a year. <laughs> My actually, my VA comes up with some really good ideas. Like she actually messaged me this weekend. She's like, Hey, I noticed that you put team member names for these clients, but not for these clients. Should we add this to the SOP? I'm like, huh, you're right. I kind of did that automatically and didn't think about it, but go ahead, put it into SOP. And so my team knows the system as well as I do. So they can contribute to it and improve it whenever they want. They honestly do. I'm doing an overhaul of my program entirely. So I'm probably going to do an overhaul of the client onboarding. But for most of my clients, and actually this is funny because I recently spoke at Kat Howell's Agency Accelerator event in Fiji. And I gave the whole presentation about systems. I started off my presentation with, I am not an ads person. I do not do ads. I'm the only person in this room that does not do ads. You guys have blown my brains to mush today or this whole weekend. But I'm going to help you with systems, which is what I'm good at. So room full of digital marketers, genius ads people. And we're, I'm explaining my whole like process of scaling and stuff like that and how to think about it. And at the end, the Q&A, every single person's question just worded differently was like, but I don't want to do systems. I don't want to have to manage it. I'm like, that's the point. When you set up a system, right. very clear, a standard operating procedure, SOP or process or system or automation, and you hire somebody that is right for the position and for your company and they manage those systems, you're free. <laughs> right. like, let's get it through your brain. Like it's not more to manage. <sighs> the same thing. Like I will see my client's team, like making improvements to the SOPs and to the processes. And they're like totally hands off from anything detail oriented or like 
technical or like onboarding or emails or like project management because they hired somebody to manage those things after they got clear on what those systems are for their company. So yeah, I like, I don't see a lot of overhauls happening unless like the company or something is changing like mine. I am pivoting a little bit what my vision is. So I'm going to set up the systems for that now. And honestly, I'm just kind of tweaking what I already have to be more aligned with where I'm pivoting to. So yeah. Yeah, 100%. Because I love systems. So I would tweak systems all day long if I could. Well, actually, I do with my clients, but, you know, (laughs) not everyone does that, and that's totally okay. Right. (laughs) Exactly. We're the special snowflakes who just want to spend all our time doing that. That's for sure. So moving into more of, like, what your big goal outside of your business is or a mission that you have or something you are growing toward, tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Well, <laughs> this is going to be really personal, really fast. So actually oh, you were commenting on that on my Instagram story. I just took a fertility yeah. test this weekend and yeah. I'm planning on freezing my eggs because yeah. for the longest time I've had like a lot of hormone issues and just like health issues. And I lived in mold for a year, which is a crazy story. So I'm being like, I definitely want to start a family and everything I've been doing has been towards that. And like seeing like mom entrepreneur, I work with a lot of moms. It's just like really inspiring. So it's like, I'm setting up my business for that. I'm setting up my home life, my health, like my fertility, like everything towards that. And then that's going to be, I have an IUD. So that's not coming out for another eight years because that was so painful. Like not Uh happening. Eight years, we can wait. (laughs) My mom's so pissed. She's like, I want grandkids. I'm like, nope, eight years. (laughs) The other thing is like, I am a polyamorous. And I've been more open about it recently. And I think it's because I see a lot of people being bullied for it online and like, oh, you're going to hell, you're breaking apart families and just a lot of stuff or you're like just a lot of stuff. And I feel very confident and secure in my polyamory that I feel like I can show up for other people that don't feel as secure and feel very emotional and attacked by it. And I feel like I can show up with a neutral stance with facts and I can really contribute to the conversation about why polyamory actually works and it's totally okay. And so I've been doing that. And a lot of people have been asking me to start a podcast and to share my stories because I have some stories that people's interests and a lot of people have a lot of questions about it. And I'm just very like clear. And this is another thing I feel like just looking back on my childhood that I was polyamorous before I knew what that was because in middle school, I liked two boys. And I was like, I confronted them about this. What a fucking middle schooler I was. This is so weird. I confronted them both. I'm like, I like you both. Can I be with you both? Are you both okay with that? And they're like, no, you have to pick one or the other. And so I was like, all right, I pick none of you. And then I was like really upset about this. And when everyone asked me why I was upset, I explained it to them. And I felt like I should get some empathy and some sympathy. And people are like, wow, you're so messed up. That was a messed up thing to do. I'm like, why? And they're like, because you're always supposed to be with one person. I'm like, but why? And no one could give me an answer. No one could give me a solid answer other than that's the way it is. And if you know me, I, when somebody says that's the way it is, it's not, not a good answer. I don't like that answer either. Long. I hate it. <laughs> that is the worst answer. Like, or that's just how I've always done it or yeah. like any of that. No. Yeah. 
No. So I feel like I've been standing up more for polyamory and for like kink and BDSM, like that type of community. I've been more involved in my local space and like the teachers there are amazing. The conferences, the education that happens there, the community aspect is so good that I want to rise in there and contribute more and give more of my time there as well. I want to do like fun stuff. Like I want to do the polyamory kink. I want to foster kittens. Like I want to learn how to hand letter. Like there's a lot. Okay. I start a lot of things. Remember Jordan, I start a lot of things. You do. <laughs> I was actually listening to the podcast with the multi-passionate um, entrepreneur. Wow. I already forgot her name. I'm so bad with names, but that was like, that's me. I'm multi-passionate. I start a lot of things, piano, ukulele, video games. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I do a lot in my personal life too. So I could go on about this one too, but the biggest <laughs> one's is family and then contributing more in that community. Yeah, no, I love that. That's perfect. So besides the shop, where can people find you? Give website, social media, all the places. Yeah, so regionmcmillions.com is my website. And then if you look up Katia Sarmiento or Region McMillions across all social media, you can find me. My Instagram is KitKatNick because that was like my first email ever. And I was so excited about that. And so I don't want to give it up, but I do have a Region McMillions Instagram account that I'll probably start using soon. But I start things a lot of the time and don't finish them. So I'll have to have my team members <laughs> do that. Go deal with that. my own advice. <laughs> but yeah, just message me. I'm very open. Sometimes it ends up in the request box. So like just keep pinging me because I get a lot of spam and some of them are really creepy. So yeah, some of them are weird. <laughs> some of them are weird. <laughs> We've all had those. That's a freaking joke. Uh, so yeah, I'll get this. Not well, to message people. Yeah. For don't real. call them beautiful in like the second word. I know with like the rose emoji. Oh, no. <laughs> oh yes. I love the rose emoji. I, I didn't know there was a rose emoji until I saw it in the request. And I was like, oh, yeah, no. This is- oh, okay. Rose emoji block. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So this was perfect. And thanks so much for sharing your goodness and fun. And um, definitely we'll have people checking out your workflows. Yay. I hope everyone enjoys them and gets a lot out of them. Thanks for listening to System Saved Me. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging us at System Save Me. Don't forget to check out the workflow template shop at systemsaveme.com to help you work less and make more. See you next week.